Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today, a woman travels with her grandson back to the town where she grew up to sell her mother's house. Stay tuned to find out how she copes with letting go of a house with a life full of memories on another story from the heart. This wasn't the way I'd chosen to come back to the home I'd grown up in to say goodbye, but my daughter Sally was having another baby, so I took my grandson David with me. Brian, my son-in-law, had said to me, Liz, the doctor can't seem to get Sally's blood pressure down. Do you want me to come? I asked. No, but what to do about David? My mind scurried around lists, packing and planning. Brian, could I take him with me? He's been promised that someday he could visit Mameline in her home where she lived before she came to stay with us. But now, left unsaid was the fact that this would be the last opportunity. We had brought Mameline, David's baby name for his great-grandma Arlene, home for burial in March. But David had stayed with his daddy, and there wouldn't be another time. And so it had been decided. David brought along Lammy, a suitcase and a bulging backpack of toys without which he could not live. He had chattered the entire way about the cows in the field. Do cows get sore throats when they stattered in the rain? And about the hills, why is the ground growing? Can we stop in heaven and pick up Mameline? She wants to go home so much. I answered as best I could. In the almost four years my mother had lived with us, David and she had formed a strong bond. As his great-grandmother grew more infirm, David, unasked, assumed small responsibilities. He gave her a sturdy little arm when she walked. He bent, lifted, fetched. In return, she told stories, played old maid, and recited nursery rhymes. He knew that Mameline was in heaven, but could not understand why we didn't bring her home for a visit. You mustn't think she's unhappy, David. She is surrounded with love and beauty, and her legs won't hurt anymore. We are the ones who are unhappy because we miss her. My little car angled into my old hometown. This was home. The streets lay in precise patterns. The church steeples were at exact intervals. A smile tugged at the corner of my mouth. I'd had a wonderful childhood. Secure and happy, I'd survived the rigors of puberty in school and made a good marriage. All right here. I drove right through the center of town just to make sure nothing had changed. Pickering's jewelry was still on the right. The chiming clock was in position on the tower at the bank corner, and Roman's furniture was across the street where it belonged. The old Moffat House on Market and College Streets was resplendent in a new coat of white paint. A stranger, who could that be, sat on the wraparound porch in the shade of the ancient rock maple growing smack on the corner. As a first grader, I had dawdled on the way home from school to choose the prettiest of the fallen leaves and take them home to mother. 
Then Mother would get out her best-cut glass fruit bowl and place it on the dining room table to fill with leaves. It became a yearly ritual. The car turned the corner, and I saw my old home. Pink primroses blanketed the ground beside the driveway. The porch swing Daddy had made when I was in high school moved in a sluggish breeze in front of the white curtained living room window. It was my house for a few days yet, a precious few days. The papers hadn't yet been signed. I then stopped in dismay beside the rose bed. Weeds choked the roots at ground level and the leaves were tattered and faded, needing attention. Mother would have been horrified, and I felt like crying. Somehow instead I laughed, remembering the five-year-old who still bore scars from that rose bed after getting into a head-first one hot summer afternoon, learning to ride my first two-wheeled bike. I could almost feel the sting of disinfectant Mother applied as she told me, Sometimes the most important learnings in life begin with pain, but no pain lasts forever. It was even harder than I thought to walk into Mother's empty home. The house would not feel quite so abandoned with a five-year-old in residence, so I was glad I had brought David. We ate a bowl of soup, took baths in the old-fashioned clawfoot tub, and David was asleep in the back bedroom almost before he finished saying his prayers. The whole house would have to be gone through room by room, cupboard by cupboard, drawer by drawer. A feeling of invading mother's privacy filled me with a sick dread. Everything had to be tagged either for the van to take back home with me or to be sold at public auction. Tears welled in my eyes. I could close my eyes and remember roller skating around the dining room table one cold, bitter cold and endless winter. The swing where Edward and I had first kissed. Sell it all? And yet, what else could I do? Life had carried me in another direction. It was then the phone rang and it was Edward. Oh, you got there. Is David down for the night? Look, we don't have to sell the house. We've been through this before. We could always rent it to some nice elderly school marm. Or we can just let it sit, Edward said. Well, maybe we could retire there. Would you like that? My eyes filled with tears again. He was such a nice man. In the morning, I settled David on the glass-enclosed back porch with his toy trucks. Then, with my jaw hardened into a grim line, I began... I worked from the front of the house to the back, filling plastic bags, boxes, sorting, tagging, discarding. At ten I went outside and dusted the roses, regretting that I didn't have time to pull weeds and work up the soil. During the week, every item I picked up held sentimental value. Decisions were difficult, and by the end of each day, I worked automatically, trying not to think. I still had not gotten to the neglected rose bed and still had not called the real estate agent. Each evening at bedtime, I fought fatigue while tucking David in and listening to his prayers. And every night he included Mameline in his routine God blesses. How 
welcome heaven so far away? He asked one night. Tell you what, tomorrow we'll take some flowers to the place where her body is resting. So in the cool of the early morning, when the sun was just beginning to spread itself across the horizon, we dug up one of Mameline's own miniature rose bushes from the backyard, the one that looked the least dead, and carried it to the cemetery. Together we planted the tiny bush, and then I sat tailor-fashioned on the grass and pulled David into my lap. I guided his finger while we traced the words, Arlene D. Wilson, born March 9, 1919, died March 21, 1996. A frow furrowed David's brow. I don't like her under the ground, he said. It's just her body that's under the ground. She's already given us the important part of herself. Those things we'll remember forever. Her soul, the spark of life that God gave her when she was born, he's taken back to heaven with him. That night, I sat on the porch swing after David was asleep. Life was so complicated. Here was I where it all began. I seemed to all of a sudden have grown up. It sounded ridiculous considering I'm 60, but maybe none of us ever grows up until our mothers die. And maybe, no matter how old we are, in some hidden protected place deep inside, as long as we still have mothers, we remain children. My eyes stung with sudden tears. Without knowing it, I always counted on this house. The pattern and shape of my life had been woven around the contours of the house. The prospective buyer had three children. Until this particular minute, I'd looked upon that fact with apprehension. They might rollerblade on the beautiful hardwood floors, or paint the woodwork some outlandish color, or tear at Mother's rose bushes. Well, I could always take home a few of Mother's favorite bushes and transplant them in my own garden. And so what if the children roller skated? Hadn't I done the same thing? And throughout the years, the house had spread loving, sheltering arms around us all and kept us warm and dry and happy. But when I sold the house, there'd be no longer any reason to come back. I would be an outsider. The phone rang again. Edward, I said, I was just sitting in our swing remembering. Life's been good, hasn't it? And it keeps getting better, Liz. In the morning, you can tell David that he has a baby sister Elizabeth. A hand went to my heart. She called her Elizabeth. How wonderful. What an honor. Sally will call you tomorrow with the details, but I wanted to be the first to tell you. Elizabeth Arlene. Well, it appeared I was going to cry once more. Mother had wanted so badly to live to see the baby, and now she was going to be named for both of us. I took a breath. I called the real estate office this afternoon and told them to go ahead with the sale. And then I promised myself that in the morning I would go to work on the rose bed. It would be the last thing I could do for Mother. At least I could carry the memory of her rose bed as she always kept it. And surprisingly, there was consolation in the thought that memories were perfect. Memories never change. The house in town would remain alive as with the rose bed but inside me rather than outside, and that would be enough. And in my mind, sharp and clear as sunlight and marble, for one incredible second, 
I saw myself in the order of the generations. Smiling, I lifted my own face to the heavens, and I was comforted. for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story, All Our Worldly Goods, was written by Marilyn Gardiner and published in St. Anthony Messenger. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. To reach me, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.